0: Today, here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRothRothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513 753 9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth.
1: Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. Today we're going to have a really special show. This is going to be a compilation today of the various leadership tips, some of the best ones, that my guests have given our listeners so that it's easy to listen to in about an hour. Thanks for listening. First, I'm going to play what Tom Duggar, Executive Director of the Dan Beard Council of the Boy Scouts of America here in Cincinnati. He had some interesting thoughts on leadership. Leadership is a, uh, a difficult thing to define. There have been a lot of books written on it. I know I've been involved in it, and I just did a program a couple of months ago on leadership for for Sandler trainers. Mm -hmm. What kind of leadership skills does Boy Scouting teach its boys?
2: Sure. Take a Boy Scout troop, for example. A Boy Scout troop is divided into patrols, and each patrol has a patrol leader, an assistant patrol leader, Uh, The several patrols are headed by a boy in the scout troop called the senior patrol leader, and he has two assistant senior patrol leaders. So that we use the concept of boy-led in our scout troops. Now, that doesn't mean the adults just say, okay, guys, go lead. Uh, They serve as the role models, uh, the leaders, the guide, the advise. Uh, We use a method called the EDGE method, explain, demonstrate, guide, and enable. And so that's how our we we, we train our scout leaders to uh, uh, teach young people how to lead. Uh, I think all of us have innate qualities that will allow us to lead. Some of us may have charismatic personalities. Some of us may be strategic thinkers. But all of us have some type of leadership quality that, if grown and developed, can can help us do. Uh, things other than just be good scouts. It can help us be good employees, good
1: community members. So if someone wants to be a, a scout leader, do you have training programs for them?
2: Yes. In fact, we have required training for all of our adults. And uh, you how have how much to, time does that take? Uh, you know, it takes as much time as you really want to put in. That we have what we call a minimum. Uh, a minimum. Well, the old joke is two hours a week, but uh, it's uh, it, it probably all of our leaders uh, could have ser- seriously up to a hundred hours of training. Uh, it's not all required at one time or in the first week. Many of of you, many of our leaders, do it over time. We have what we a requirement for leader specific. Training. For instance, I'm a member of the committee for my son's scout troop, and uh, our job is to support the scoutmaster and the assistant scoutmasters. The leader-specific training for committee members is about two hours long, Uh, and I went on a Saturday morning to where it was being held and got my certification to be a a committee member. To be a scoutmaster, you've
1: you've got um, uh, up to 25 hours of training. Mike Callahan from Document Destruction. Yeah, a couple,
3: couple, a okay. couple.
4: I mean, I, I, I think I have some good people, and I think I have some loyal people. And you know, I think about my right hand inside person has been with me 16 years. My right hand outside guy's been with me 12 years now. So, I mean, I think I have some loyal employees, and and frankly, they're they're awesome. But a couple of just minor things. when you When you introduce your people, build them up. This is Carrie, and she has been with me 16 years. She is my right-hand person, and I trust. I mean, it doesn't cost you anything, but, I mean, it's just a chance to stroke your people. Every time you're meeting a new vendor or a customer and you're introducing this person, build them up. It doesn't cost you anything, and, I mean, it is true, but, I mean, I think that goes really far. The second thing is... you know, I mean, I love customers, I want more customers, but this customer is always right thing
5: is just,
4: wow. Occasionally, a couple times a year, someone will call and they will complain about one of my employees. And it might be one of these employees that I've known a long time. And I think as a leader, you know, you get into that, well, the customer is always right. And you know, and then I got to go challenge my employee and this happened and they said this and they said that. And why would you do? Listen, I'm telling you, I know my people and I'm going to initially, I'm going to trust their word over somebody that I really don't know or somebody I just met. And so I'm going to say, if it's somebody, you know, and you trust, give them the benefit of the doubt and don't challenge them. I mean, ask them what happened, but, uh, this, the customer's right all the time. I just think that's not good if you want to build that trust uh, in your people. Our next
1: guest was Mike Doherty, the former CEO of Convergis and current CEO of Education at
6: Work. They're a call center company. Well, you've probably heard this one you know, many times from many folks, but I just can't emphasize it enough. I mean, the to me, the ultimate key to success is hire great people. Mass job one, and you got to build a great team. And, and I've been fortunate enough in many stops along the way to be able to attract, develop uh, a great team. And probably emphasis on not only attract, but to develop. I think the leader's responsibility is you've got somebody's career in your hands, and you know, you've know you got to work hard to make sure that, that you bring them along and you develop them to their, to their fullest potential. And second, I guess, would be as a leader that, um, you know, you've got to inspire them and you've got to walk the talk. You know, you can't say one thing and do something else. I'm a big believer in being a role model for my folks and really not asking them to do anything that that I personally won't do. I guess the last one that's kind of relevant for today's world that I've kind of learned is get uh, quite often irritating emails or something that really makes you mad. And I now have my 24-hour rule. Somebody once told me that, if it feels good to respond, you shouldn't respond. You shouldn't You shouldn't send it. And so, you know, I found just to be patient, to think about it, sleep on it for 24 hours, you find your response is very different than what it was if you would have sent it five minutes after you got the email. That was great advice from Dave
1: Doherty. Let's listen to Adrian Breen, the regional president of First Financial Bank.
6: I think one of the key things for any business with a leader is to stay involved. You know, you are a leader. Uh, you know, and people do it differently. Some people are very vocal. Some people are behind the scenes. But to me, the most successful people that I've seen, um, including in our own bank and the companies and prospects that we call on, are those people that stay involved. Keep that flow of communication open. Don't become disconnected. Don't assume things. As we've mentioned throughout this show, it's a world of uncertainty out there now, more so now than ever. It's more of a global economy. You can be doing everything perfectly fine and have a blip in Europe now. Okay. Let's hear what Andy Boyd has to say.
1: He's the president of IPS about leadership. Yeah, and maybe from your uh, from your coaching on little league, perhaps you can give our listeners a leadership tip. Maybe two, two tips, leadership tips. Uh, you know, I think if you find out people you work with what their dreams
6: are, you help them achieve it, yours will come along with them. Um, That's tip one. Tip two is is I think we kind of said it before.
1: You find the best, you hire the best.
6: Mm-hmm. you pay them the pay them the best you can, you train them the best you can, and then get the heck out of their way. Let them do their jobs. Um empower them to do do what they need to do to get it done and the the rest just happens. Mhm. We've
1: heard that before, but that's good. Hire the best. Let's listen to Betsy Emery up tell us. I also like to ask our CEOs, who are guests, perhaps you could give other CEOs, leaders, managers company presidents. One leadership tip.
7: Well,
8: I think it it ties to what we were just talking about, and that's really focus on do one thing great and be passionate about it and make sure that that one thing that you do great is something that no one else delivers in quite the way that you do. And therefore, there's a vision and alignment from you as a leader and the passion you bring to the business and deliver to your customers each day that your team will naturally get excited about and follow. So it's um hard to, uh, to overstate the importance of a team who is enthusiastic when they come to work each day and the quality of service that is then delivered to the client as a result.
9: Let's
1: listen to what Bill Case of American Mortgage had to say about leadership. He had a great idea. Can you give other leaders who may be listening or potential leaders a leadership
10: tip?
11: I probably, you know what? It's funny. I saw this as before we talked, and and uh, I've probably used a similar one always through the years. And I would say I've never almost deviated from what when somebody just hits you. What's you know what do you think is important? Creating an atmosphere where people are encouraged and allowed to succeed. They're not fearful. You're treating them with respect. I've always thought it's it's a simple thing, and yet I don't think a day or two goes by that I don't hear about uh, a place where, you know, the old, the boss is this or that or they're pushing me on this or somebody's trying to take credit for this or that. I, I just – I never understand those. I think it's easy to treat people well. I, I don't – you know, the – Difficult atmospheres I don't think are, are, are uh, helpful. I think people, and I've seen it over the years, you see it. Sometimes in bigger companies it's a little more prevalent. But, uh, you know, the fear factor where people are afraid to make mistakes. I mean, we, you know, um, I, I usually have, uh, whenever I've asked or empowered an employee over the years, I usually I say, well, here's the two questions I will ask you before you're going to try to do something. And uh, will anybody die, and will we lose tons of money? If the answer to both of those is no, then it's willing to take their – you have to be willing to allow people to make mistakes. You have to keep them in an area where, okay, they're not going to take you down or cause uh, – but but you they have to be able to do that. If you want to get good employees, you have to create an atmosphere where they're not fearful of making a mistake.
1: Mm-hmm. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Mike Burrows, Mortgage House of America. Mike, in the last segment here, i like to ask our company leaders like yourself if they could have a leadership tip, maybe two, for other CEOs?
10: I think I would answer that by recommending that I really enjoyed a recent book given to me by one of the Fortune 100 company CEOs, a book called From Good to Great by Jim Collins. Mm -hmm. Jim Collins spent five years gathering information with 20 people, and they analyzed public companies, Mm -hmm. They brought all the data together, and they were searching for what makes a company go from good to great. Mm -hmm. And if I had any leadership tip to give CEOs out there, take a couple hours and read that book, and I think you'll come away with a feeling that of the 25 CEOs that he interviewed, only one had the ego problem, Mm -hmm. and others said the internet, but the truth is that most of them were of the opinion, to get good people, get out of their way, Mm -hmm. and you take care of the capital, find people with the passion, and just step out of the way, so that's my tip.
1: This is Mike Roth, I'm back with Craig Heldman from Hobson's. Craig, what I'd like to do is ask each uh, CEO like yourself, perhaps if they could give other CEOs and company presidents that are listening, one leadership tip. You've been a leader of the company since 19... Oh, you rejoined the company in 1995. That's correct. You became CEO in what year? In 2008. 2008. So in the past four years, one thing that you learned as, as a CEO leader that could be a, a good tip for another one in another company.
5: Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to have to uh, be pretty simplistic, but what I feel is, is just so impactful every day, and that is that uh, never stop listening. And uh, that relates to internally, externally, to everyone you work with. Uh, the second that you stop listening, uh, that's when you can expect... To start declining, and I think that that is uh, a, the most impactful thing that I have learned, and try to maintain. Although it's it's not as simple as it sounds.
1: This is Mike Roth. I'm back with
5: Jim Hunter of HD
1: Franchising. Jim, I like to ask our CEO leaders of companies like you to give a leadership tip to other CEOs that might be listening. Can you come up with one?
12: Yeah. I think uh, see the CEO position, uh, you know, you 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 usually get there after after a bit of time and a bit of um, uh, struggle, and and uh, you know, you, you you it doesn't just come that that easy. And I think when uh, when when you get there, you 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 start to look at things a, a little differently. Uh, people start looking at you a little differently. Uh, as well and i think uh, a tip I, I would give to to CEOs is is understand that that your actions pe- people are really uh, you know feeling what what you're doing and and it's important that that uh, everything you do then is is of a standard that that uh, maybe when you are uh, uh, making your way to that CEO position it wasn't uh, uh, quite so important, but now it really is that people uh, are watching what you do at, at every turn, and uh, you've got to have high standards uh, wh- when you become that, that uh, CEO. Uh, I, I believe that uh, you know people act and perform uh, based on how they see you, Uh, And I think uh, now that uh, I've uh, made the decision to to move forward and buy House Doctors, um, even more so, although I was the CEO previously for House Doctors, I I wasn't the owner. So being now the CEO and the owner, uh, it uh, it means I've got to uh, have my standards where they need to be, and and, uh, then uh, everyone should be following suit. (laughs) Mm
13: Hi, I'm Chip Reichardt with Sandler Training. I'm here to talk to you about Sandler rule number 12, answer every question with a question. Have you ever been on a sales call and a prospect asked you a question and the answer you gave them had you boxed in? You almost wish you didn't give that answer but now it's too late. From the time we're children, we're, we're programmed that every time our parents ask us a question, we answer their question. Now we're in sales, I'm on a call, I'm in front of a prospect, the prospect asks me a question, so what do I do? I answer the question. What we find is many times prospects ask us questions that may be a smokescreen question. The real question that they want to get at, they're kind of hiding behind that smoked in question. When we answer that question right out of the gate, we don't get a chance to really understand what the real question is. So what I'm here to talk about is a different approach that we need to be asking ourselves when a prospect asks us a question, do I really understand the underlying intent of that question? And if the answer to that is no, what I need to do is ask a question to the prospect to to get that understanding on the table. So let me give you an example. You could be on a call, a prospect asks you, well, geez, how much work have you done in our industry? Normal salesperson would answer, well, geez, we've done a lot of work in your industry. In fact, we've done work with such and such and such and such uh, companies, some of the largest in your industry thinking they did a really good job. But then the prospect may come back and say, well, geez, that's my concern. We were hoping to deal with someone that had new ideas because we don't want to follow the herd. We're looking for a competitive advantage. So if we were able to relive that and do it in a different approach, the salesperson, when asked how much work have you done in our industry, if he didn't understand the underlying intent, may say, great question, why do you ask? Whereby the prospect may come back and say, well, geez, we're really looking for a competitive advantage. We don't want to follow the herd. I could respond to that que- question and saying, well, geez, we take each prospect as a unique opportunity. We uncover their unique uh, goals and objectives and their needs, and we build a specific plan for them. I would not be boxed in with that answer, and I would be addressing the real issue. So that's rule number 12, answer every question with a question.
1: Let's listen to Bob Reedy of LSI Industries talk about his style of leadership. What single pearl of wisdom on leadership can you le- give to our listeners? Pearl of wisdom on leadership? Well, in, I, in about sixty seconds,
6: I think the dynamic way of uh, the way the way I operate from a leadership role is to set the example. And, and show our folks really what it takes uh, to be successful. And uh, it's through the leadership and of, our, of our management staff that they really work hard to, to communicate with all of our employees. Uh, we've got 1,500 employees, and every one of them spend money. So we have to really manage those folks and share with them
1: what the direction is. Let's see what Mike Kegley of Bold Homes about leadership and what leadership is? Well,
7: I think the first thing is to know your business and know everybody else's job. Now, I imagine if I was the you know, CEO of Procter & Gamble, I wouldn't be able to know everybody's job at all. But at, at our place. I like to know what everybody's doing, what all of our subcontractors are doing, and even help uh, participate in, in their jobs from time to time as well, which helps you better understand their problems and their issues as well. And the other thing is to show enthusiasm and pride in their finished product. And that will kind of, they'll pick up on that as well and do their best job. Uh, we do use, we have permanent employees. But we do use some subcontractors and we do use permanent subcontractors, same people all the time, but they're not working for us full the time. They may be, plumber may be working for us this week and another builder next week. And the important thing is, is when that plumber or whomever comes back to our job, They know what our expectations are and what our customers' expectations are, and we actually have everybody kind of sign a contract saying, "Hey, I'm doing, I'm your plumber. This is me here, and I'm doing my best job for you." And we give that to the customers so they know that everybody did their best work on their on their home. But anyway, I think by showing interest in their jobs, uh, you show leadership in the company among the employees and any subcontractors that that you have. This is
1: Mike Roth. I'm back with Dave Rocket from Omega Material Handling. Dave, I always like to ask our CEO guests if they could share with the audience one leadership tip. You've got a lot of years as a leader.
9: I would say the biggest leadership tip that I can give is to have the intestinal fortitude to hold people accountable, but to set a time aside each week where you praise them, if they're meeting their objectives and where you have an opportunity to correct them if they're not. And by doing it weekly, it eliminates that buildup of frustration you might feel. But also, if you're feeling frustration, trust me, the person you're frustrated at feels it twice as much. And quite frankly, it's not worth me forcing someone else to lose sleep over or me doing that. And I found again that with a quick weekly meeting with clearly defined objectives that they're being held accountable for gives a great opportunity for me to praise as well as redirect uh, particular behaviors.
1: Now let's hear from On Stoller from Covap. Uh, Aren't you been leading the company for a lot of years? Perhaps you could give our listeners uh, a leadership tip. Oh my goodness.
14: A leadership tip. Okay, treat people like they're intelligent and they want to do the right thing. Uh, I, you know, we've had a lot of employees over the years, and we've dealt with an awful lot of people. It's pretty unusual for people to want to do the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. It's pretty unusual for people to want to do bad. People want to do the right thing. They They want to do what they should do, and you need to give them the means to do it, and to a certain extent, trust them to do it. Mm-hmm. Treat your customers or your clients or whatever, the people you're dealing with, as if they're intelligent, decent people. And you'll nearly always be right. There are there's some, there's some exceptions, but they're pretty
6: rare.
1: Now let's listen to Scott Simpson from Aquarius Staffing. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Scott Simpson from Precision Staffing. And in in the last segment of the show, Scott, I'd like to ask our CEO leaders of companies, which you certainly are, and you've had your company for at least five years, if you could give our listeners a leadership tip or two.
15: Leadership tip or two. I would say a good leadership tip. I, uh, I know a gentleman, he now uh, resides in Florida, and he has a great story, but Short of it all he founded his own insurance firm and sold it off for quite a quite a nice little piece and I asked him the same question hmm and what he responded to me is be the hardest worker in your company and don't ask somebody else to do something that you're not willing to do yourself and I'd say that's a great leadership tool that if individuals are looking at you in a tower Mm-hmm. Uh, then you're probably not demonstrating the leadership uh, that needs to be extended within your organization. So if you're not willing to roll up the sleeves and go to work in your own company, how can you ask other people to do the same?
1: Let's listen to Al Conscious from Conscious Enterprises. See if we're beginning to get a theme emerging. Perhaps you could give one or two Leadership tips for other CEOs and company presidents who are listening to the show today.
16: I wouldn't want to presume to uh, tell others others how to run their company. Uh, from from my standpoint, uh, I I think the whole thing the 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 key to the, the, the leadership is to, to to find the people, uh, train them properly, and let them do their job. Basically, I I view my role as Someone who clears the hurdles out of the way for for the people so they can do their job. Um, when I buy property, I typically have a a meeting with uh, with, with the staff that we're inheriting, and that that's that's the spiel I typically give them is uh, we're I, I'm here not 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 so much to, to to do any particular thing, but just to clear whatever hurdles keep you from doing a, a tremendous job because. Uh, if you're a normal, conscientious person, you want to do a great job, but there are things that keep you from from that happening. You may not be getting the supplies, or uh, you know w- whatever the uh, the impediment is.
1: Let's listen to Mark Schmidt as he discusses a leadership tip from President Calvin Coolidge that he's grown his businesses with. Can you tell our listeners? or give our listeners a leadership tip, a leadership tip aimed at other company leaders like yourself, that if, maybe if you wish you would have had that 20 years ago or 10 years ago, would have made your life a lot easier.
15: Well, uh, the one that comes to mind, Mike, is uh, one that was hanging on a plaque in my dad's office um, that I remember seeing, you know, kind of growing up um, and that that I've kept with me. So I've actually had this, Advice all of my life, and uh, and I can, can something that you follow, and, and and I'll read it to you, and I think that you'll see that yeah I do I don't know that I follow it perfectly but I believe in it. This is a quote by none other than Calvin Coolidge.
10: Hmm.
15: Do you know what uh, year he was president? I think it was in the twenties, wasn't it? Uh, 1872 was with, a, eighteen seventy two to nineteen thirty three. He was eighteen seventy two to
1: nineteen thirty three. He was something wrong with he that.
15: He was the thirtieth president of the U S. Um, I'm cheating. I'm looking at uh, this quote online, but here it is. Uh, many people may have heard this, but I, I think there's a lot of uh, value to this. Uh, Nothing in this world can take the price of pers- can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful people with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. The slogan, press on, has solved and always will solve the problems of the human race. So, I think the message is persistence.
1: Let's listen to Scott Ciccarelli of Pro Audio. For those of you who might not remember, his company builds custom high-end personal computers. Go, Scott... You've got 11 people working for you now. You, you had people working for you in the construction business. Maybe you can give our listeners a leadership tip or two.
5: You've heard, and I hate to plagiarize this or, or use such a cliche, but a good manager's people manage themselves. I really didn't know what that meant when I First started out, and the construction business is a lot different than this business is. In the construction business, I was right there face-to-face with my employees all the time. I mean, it was, you know, let's just tear this thing up. Where in this business, I've got employees doing different jobs. I'm in my office. They're in different places in different offices or down in the building area where they're building computers. And I'm out there to babysit and watch and, and see what's going on. Um, To me, when I hire somebody, first of all, I feel as though I am responsible for them and their family. So I take hiring very seriously. I don't do it lightly. I don't do it like, okay, we're busy this month. Let me hire somebody. And, you know, we slow down in two months and I just can't. That's not my approach. Mm -hmm. And I I let people know that, and the longer they work for me, they know that I I am concerned for them as a person and their family as well. And if I have to ever let somebody go, and I have in the past, it just, you know, I feel like I'm, you know, getting a divorce almost. Uh, To answer directly to answer your question, I don't pay my guys, um, as I told you, commissions. What I do pay is bonuses. So if we have a good month, and, and uh, you can lose your bonus around here, trust me, <laughs> but if we have a good month, and we generally do, then they get bonuses based on the percentage of profits the company has made, and everybody gets one unless they've uh, done something really silly, like ship something to the wrong address and cost me twice the cost of their bonus, mm. um, which has happened, <laughs> because then we're overnighting it to the right address, but It sounds like you're a quick heavy Everybody's treated as family. I I don't, um, you know, this would not work in a 200-employee environment. I don't know. Maybe it would. I don't see how it possibly could. But I interact daily with my employees, and I treat them with respect. And in turn, they they know that I'm looking out for their welfare, and they know by doing their job, they're, looking out for the company's welfare. And if the company does good, then they're going to be around, have a job, and they might even get a bonus. And I don't – we we do a lot of joking around here, but you should never look down at somebody and have an attitude that you're better than they are. Mm-hmm. And that's just how I treat my employees.
1: This is Mike Roth. Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. Finding power and reinforcement is what it's all about. Today, I want to tell you about the ways that our clients have found to fix their companies and lives. Earn more money. I'm not for everyone. I'm expensive, tough, abrasive, and not politically correct. But if you want to have great financial results, we need to talk. Albert Einstein said insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. I teach my clients new and different strategies, tactics, and behaviors that get dramatic results. If you're serious, dedicated to getting better, and want to earn more money by selling more to balance your budget, we need to talk. Call me, Mike Roth, at 513 646 6523. Tell me your toughest business problems. Then, if you qualify, I'll invite you in for a free meeting. 513 646 6523. On the web at net. If leadership is beginning to make some sense to you and you'd like more information about our newest leadership course expected to be released by the end of 2013 contact me at our office 513 753 9400 For those people who respond I will be sending you via email a Partial transcript of the show with the key leadership ideas that our guests have given us. This is Mike Roth with Sandler Training, finding power and reinforcement. Are you tired of prospects saying I want to think it over? Are you tired of being an unpaid consultant? Call me at five one three-six four six six five two three. On the web at Rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. If you're a salesperson or a company owner, My message is critical for you. Today, I want to talk to you about the real secret of getting out of debt. Earn more money! Most salespeople and owners want to sell more at a higher price with better margins, but don't know how. I've helped hundreds of people and companies grow over 30% per year by making an investment in themselves. Albert Einstein said, Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. I teach my clients... New and different strategies, tactics, and behaviors that get dramatic results. I'm not for everyone. I'm tough, expensive, abrasive, and not politically correct. But if you want results, we need to talk. Call me at five one three seven five three nine four zero zero Extension one oh two. Give me your toughest questions. Then if you qualify, I'll invite you in for a free meeting. five one three seven five three nine four zero zero Extension. One o two. Continuing on on leadership, let's listen to what John Mabers, president of ComputerEase, a construction software company, has to say. What leadership tip would you give to other CEO leaders like yourself?
17: Yeah. I think the the number one tip is certainly there's probably two parts. But hire good people. Mm-hmm. Certainly, I mean you, you want to surround yourself with people that are always you know smarter that smarter than 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 I am. So I, I'm a big believer in hiring you know, good people, very qualified people. You want to listen to Darby
1: and me tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, Divine has an excellent instrument called critical thinking. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to call that an IQ test uh, because it's certainly not a clinical instrument. But if you want to find out the difference between who's, who has got the smarts for business and who doesn't, their instrument will tell us real fast. Yeah, Yeah. it's so important. And we, you
17: know, it's, and you know that, Mike, I mean, you've interviewed many people in your years and and you can, you know, people, you can get through an interview and you can, but we're looking for that something special that, you know, and some people have it. You just know, okay, this person has it, they have it. And I don't know how to define it other than it's, you know, it's intelligence, it's business, smarts, and, you know, the combination of a lot of things and when you find that you, you find these good people and then you you know you motivate them you you allow them to do the job you hired them to you you don't micromanage them i mean certainly you have to you know there's management in any company but you you got to you have to allow them you have to have faith that you hired the right people mm-hmm. and you hire good people and if you hire good people let them grow and 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 let them advance and and we're we're very big on advancement from within our company and we always love to to advance People internally give them every opportunity to, to succeed, and and most important, make them feel a part of it. They're they're all part of the team. Everybody at Ease is part of the team. We all we all share in the victories, and we all you know we all suffer with the defeats. And it's it's a total team effort. From you know the person that you first talk to when they answer the telephone, to the administrative staff, to the you know to the sales staff, to the trainers, to the to the support technicians, to the programmers. We, we all share the success of computer and we do a, you know, it's, it, I, I'm a big believer in that and just, you know, getting, getting good people and getting them to be a part of the team and, and, you know, they'll be you know, our, our people. We have the best people I, I believe in the industry by far and they, you know, by making them be a part of the team, they're, they're, they, you know, they, they will give you a hundred and, you know, not even 110,
1: probably 150% effort. Let's listen to Scott T.P. Jr. of Proactive Safety. A smaller employer. Maybe you can give other CEOs or chief operating officers like yourself a
6: leadership tip. You know, the the thing that I found to be the most effective for me—I don't know what it is—but no matter what your business, no matter what you do, try to make the job as fun as you can for the people that work for you. Uh, you know, you literally sometimes it is tough to go to work every day, and and, and yeah, everybody has their challenges, but. Try to have fun and, and most importantly, uh, celebrate your your wins. Uh, I, I can't tell you how how important that is, uh, you know, just for the morale of the company uh, to to let everybody know that yeah, you do you do enjoy winning and there's rewards for winning. So th- that's the one tip I could give, I guess.
1: This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Eric Adams. Eric, I'd like to ask you this question. You've been leading your company now for four years. Almost eight years. Almost eight
15: years now. Mm-hmm. What single
1: leadership tip can you give other leaders?
15: I'd say fail, or at the very least, don't be afraid to fail. Uh, really go out there and just try something new and different. Um, you could do the same thing as everybody else, but the problem with that is everybody else is doing it. Uh, I think it's important to try to stand out, and uh, you can't do that if you're doing the same thing all the time. Right. Uh, and I think that as a leader, don't just take that advice yourself. Tell the people you work with. Tell them to fail, or if, if they're not failing, they're not trying hard enough.
1: Next, we'll be listening to Alan Greer from Web Technologies. Okay. I'd like to ask our our guests, you've led companies for more than 10 years, Alan. Right. And you've had employees. Yes. Maybe you can give our, our listeners a leadership tip as a leader.
3: My experience. Stuff to do. Stuff to do. Number one thing, I think, is to listen. I think... And what I've seen with other entrepreneurs and so forth is that they get an idea in their head and they won't look left or right sometimes. They just have have the uh, binoculars on looking straight ahead. So sometimes they're not really listening to their employees maybe like they should, or even their customers for that matter. So I just think that you got to kind of step away from your ego maybe sometimes. And you know, listen to what people say and, and and take their feedback seriously. That and again, I I relate that to myself because I think early on when I fir- when I started my first company, I, I I never looked at myself as having a, a big ego or anything like that. But I definitely felt that I knew the best way to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people, I mean, you know, that's some of what being an entrepreneur is about. Is you know, you have the you got to have some confidence when you're going out there to to do this, um, go out on your own or whatever. So but with that, I just think it's um, it's not all about you. And that's what I think you kind of need to keep in mind. And also, and also, don't be afraid to ask advice. You know, I, I think some of that, too, looking back, was I, I don't think I really asked an, enough people that had already been there. And some of that was, you know, maybe my age at the time, too. I think over the years I've kind of wised up a little bit. And so even before going into things, and even major business decisions, you know, we I have people I talk to, to bounce ideas off of. And
1: so do you have a formal uh, board of advisors?
3: We do not. And we do informal. not. informal. Informal. Yes, right. we do. Right. We do. And actually, you know, we've been talking about it. I actually met with a few people about doing that, and, you know, I, I think it's something we will do, and I, I definitely see the value in it. But, you know, right now we've, we're in the midst of launching a lot of things in, in a short amount of time over this past year. So we are now have things pretty much settled, pretty much in place. Business is going. So now we're, we're looking at things like that much stronger.
1: This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Al Perlman. Uh, Al, you've led companies for a lot of years. Perhaps you could share with other CEOs and business leaders uh, a leadership tip or two.
18: There are volumes of books on leadership and volumes of quotes, and I normally don't quote people, but I did find a quote by Russell Ewing that, uh, that I do like. No, with respect we'll to, tell everyone who Russell Ewing is. I have no idea who he is. <laughs> but that doesn't mean he's not imparting good advice. But I think this is a good uh, quote for leadership of people who run business organizations. A boss creates fear, a leader confidence. A boss fixes blame, a leader corrects mistakes. A boss knows all, a leader asks questions. A boss makes work drudgery, a leader makes it interesting. And I think that's a good philosophy, and it's one to which I subscribe, and actually subscribed even before I I saw this quote, because I only found this quote maybe a few months ago. I don't like the word boss. I didn't like it when I had a boss. I don't like it when I am ostensibly the boss. And I know I don't really like the word team either, because it's a business organization's We're not in sports, but what I do like and has a lot of similarities to a team is that everyone must work together and everybody has has a part to play. There are people in my organization, accountants, who know about things that I don't know about. They know better than I know about certain things, and when a client comes to us, a client who wants value, I direct them to that individual who knows what I don't know and can do the job better than i can do it. And and that's the way we operate. I don't refer to uh people as uh as as underlings or something disparaging as that. Somebody asked me what i've learned what i learned most about leadership or where i learned most about leadership. And i tell them what i learned most is from people who are my leaders or bosses and most of it was poor leadership. I learned not what to do. For instance, I told you about the fact that I got fired at lunch with a mouthful of salad. That that was not the way to handle things. And periodically, we've had to fire people, and we've done it in, I think, a more gentle way. I mean, all the person really hears is you're fired. But in those instances where we have had to do things, I've tried to, and in some instances, successfully found them other jobs. So it's really a Person who inspires confidence—it's a—it's an individual who uh, has integrity and for whom the people who are looking to the person as a leader view as integrity and uh, advise anybody listening about leadership. That's what I think a leader is.
1: Next, we're going to listen to
18: John Dwyer,
1: president of Dwyer Commercial. Commercial real estate. Uh, maybe you can give our uh, listeners and other CEOs who are listening a leadership tip.
19: Oh, I do it through example.
1: Lead through example.
19: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want people to do something I wouldn't do.
1: So you're the guy at the front of the charge,
19: pretty much, mm-hmm. for a, for a period of time. Not always. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a time to to give over the uh, the responsibilities to somebody else, but for the most part, the if. If I can do it, you can do it.
7: Mm-hmm.
19: And if you're afraid to do it, let me show you how to do it. And um, that's that's part of the training and understanding. And But there's nothing that teaches you more than a mistake.
1: That's right.
19: <laughs> nothing we, teaches you more than a mistake. In our
1: training, we call those lessons
19: learned. Uh, I've got a Ph.D. in that. <laughs> okay. It's okay
1: to get a few.
6: It's not okay to figure out what you didn't
19: do right. <laughs> that's That's correct. But... Uh, at, at least you're active, and you know there was a an old story years ago. I had to use that today on somebody. At, Penske, the uh, race car
12: owner, mm-hmm.
19: uh, was asked by some reporter at one time, "Well, so and so, your driver has wrecked three of your cars. You know, doesn't that? What are you going to do about that?" He says, "Well, I'd much rather tell him to slow down than to tell him to go faster." <laughs> So, you know, there's it, there's always that thing, I, I'd rather seek forgiveness and permission sometimes. And uh, in the real estate industry, you always have to be honest. And if if you don't know the answer, let them know. And if you can't find the answer, let them know.
17: Mm-hmm. But
19: at least you worked on finding it. And uh, if there is no answer, obviously, there's no answer to every question that's out there. And there's always uncertainty to every thing that you do in your life, and and the studying and the preparation for your decision-making is what's going to result in a success or a failure.
1: Let's listen to a couple of Sandler commercials, and then we'll be back. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. Many salespeople tell us business was really easy. They likened it to gathering fruit in an orchard full of ripe trees. They gathered the low-hanging fruit. They had to get baskets to pick up the fruit that was already fallen. They never had to climb a tree. They worked this way for 10 or 15 years. Given the strong economy, this was no problem. What are we hearing now? The economy has slowed down. Salespeople are competing on price. There's still business now, but salespeople have to work harder. The fruit has not fallen from the tree, and there's no low-hanging fruit. The fruit is there, but it's higher up in the tree. The problem is, their salespeople have forgotten how to climb. Do your salespeople know how to climb? If you or your team needs to learn how to climb through and up out of tough economic times, call me, Mike Roth, at 513-646-6523 or check our website at rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. Insanity is defined as doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Times are tough. We're in a recession and the economy is tightening. That's what we're all being told these days. Nevertheless, there are companies making their fortunes during these same troubled times. What really separates those who prosper from those who struggle? Do you want to know how your aptitude for growth versus your commitment to growth affect your results in this tough business year? Sandler training isn't for everyone. It's tough, expensive, but gets great results. If you're serious, call me, Mike Roth, at 513-646-6523. And ask to attend our next open house or check out our website at rothconsulting.net. Sandler Training, finding power in reinforcement. 513-646-6523. Next, we'll listen to what Darby Fisakis says about leadership. She is with Divine Group. In your your job at Divine? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, you meet a lot of people and you kind of act as a leader. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe you could give our listeners uh, a leadership tip.
8: A leadership tip. Well, I would say that um, not just myself as a leader, but what we see out there as a leader. Many times those that are working their way up through the ranks and maybe they're not wearing that leadership badge yet, and they're you know they, they want to be in a higher position than they are right now in the company that it's important to look at the different leaders that they respect and see what it is that that leader possesses that they want to be like growing up my mom used to say you can learn as much from someone you want to be like as you can from someone you don't want to be like so take that into consideration too when you look at the different leaders and especially their presence, because, you know, believe it or not, when it comes to a lot of these leaders, 90% of it is presence. It's how they walk into the room. It's, it's how they command that audience. So if, if you're a young leader and you want to be, you know, higher up in the organization, taking into consideration or noticing the presence of the different leaders, what you will want to emulate and what you don't want to emulate.
1: This is Mike Roth. I'm back with John Morris. John, you've had a lot of uh, management positions, a lot of your own companies, so I'm going to change the subject a little bit here. Maybe you can give other CEOs, other leaders in our listening audience, a leadership tip or two. The leadership
20: tip I always give is to always stay and be strategic. You've got to know whatever you're working on, how it fits in the picture, and you need to make sure that you don't take advantage of the idea that everyone who works for you in and around you also sees that same vision. You need to be strategic, but you also need to be visionary, and you need to share upon that vision and understand that a lot of times what is very, very clear to you is not necessarily going to be clear to the people you work with, the people you work for, and or the people who you hope to want to work with, the people you want to sell to. So being visionary and being strategic is the key, but also know when and how often you need to share it and reiterate it because probably within your own mind, you know the vision is very clear. It's crystal clear. I know exactly where I'm going. I know exactly what I'm doing. I know how quickly I'm going to get there. Don't assume the people around you share upon that vision. And we don't take the time to educate our people why that's the right decision. Here with Inside Associated Builders and Contractors, we we had a a very profitable and lucrative uh, piece of business. But looking at it from an analysis, we had great growth potential in another area. It made better sense for us to stop doing one thing so that we could dedicate more time to the other. But it was a real step to some of my people when I told them, we're not going to do that anymore.
1: This is Mike Roth. I'm back with John Melvin with the Small Business Development Center. John, let me ask you this question. Maybe, you know, you've been in management for a lot of years yourself. Yes. Helping business leaders. Maybe you can think of the most important leadership tip you can give to the CEO leaders who are listening to the programming.
7: In my experience, good leaders are great communicators. You communicate to your customers. You communicate to your employees. You create to your board or your shareholders. You create to your bankers and mentors and advisors. And a big chunk of that communication is that you listen. And so I firmly believe that leaders are communicators who have great listening skills and the patience to communicate effectively.
1: This is Greg Johnson. You're, you've been in the industry for a lot more years, leading offices for other companies. Uh, perhaps you could give our listeners
21: a leadership tip. Be glad to. I
1: have plenty
21: of them, but I I know this is only an hour. Uh... <laughs> well, we have a couple of minutes. We'll we'll, we'll let you get away with two. Now, interestingly enough, I was I just uh, read something today, which I thought was uh, actually it was. Uh, uh, someone talking about New Year's resolutions, but New Year's resolutions for your business. And I think this is actually something that I've uh, I have felt very strongly about. Uh, one of the resolutions they suggested was to focus on the who instead of the what in your business. They go on to say that uh, successful companies run the risk of focusing too much on their current products and distributors, which is the what, and in turn they lose sight of the constant and dramatically changing needs of their customer base, the who. And it's very important in our business. Uh, we're in the sales industry. Uh, you're in the sales business. And I, I, I think a lot of successful companies really do uh, run the risk of uh, uh, losing sight of that. And, and just staying focused on, on who your end customer is, what the end result's going to be, as opposed to worrying about... I, just as an example, I mean, several companies that get so big they come out with a nice product and then they just then they're going to tell us what uh, they're they're bent on telling us what the uh, best thing is for us as opposed to really uh, going to the consumer base and trying to figure out what 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 the consumer is so so it's uh, I think it's a nice resolution I think it was uh, it's something that uh, and knowing that I was going to be on your show I, I thought that was something that's a it's a, a great leadership and tip, and I think I've, I've tried to uh, follow that uh, little, uh, little tidbit as well. The other thing in our business, uh, again in the sales business, that I have seen happen, uh, uh, it's, it's kind of interesting because we're in the hiring business as well, or in the people business. But the biggest mistake that, uh, and the biggest weakness a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs have, as well as. Any business, uh, uh, business owners, business uh, management is there's an old uh, there's an old saying that uh, people are guilty of hiring uh, uh, hiring quickly and uh, or hiring too quickly, firing uh, too slowly. Uh,
1: this is Mike Roth. I'm back with Tyson Grace and Pete Subak. Guys, perhaps in the next few minutes. You could give our listeners other CEOs of companies a couple of leadership tips. You need 11 people.
5: <laughs> yeah, I think one of the big things with leadership is lead by example. You know, don't uh, you know, we have a, I think Pete and I both believe this, but we don't want to ask somebody to do something that we're not personally willing to do or that we haven't done. Um, you know, if the times need, we're willing to get our hands dirty. We're, you know, we're willing to work late hours. Uh, you know, we're passionate about what we do. I think you know, sort of leading by example. I, I think it does carry over to the to the whole team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think follow up's important too. Uh,
1: when somebody asks you a question, you answer it. Um, you represent that you're there to answer questions, uh, and you're reliable. I think it's very important that employees and clients alike
5: view you as reliable um, and they view you as someone that works as hard or harder than them I think it's important to give to relay the impression that you work as hard as everyone else Mm -hmm. harder
1: thanks for listening to my first show on leadership I hope you learned a few things if you'd like the recap of the show you can contact me at 513- 753-9400, 753-9400, extension 102, or send me an email to Roth at net and ask for the recap of the leadership program. Scott, why don't you take it away?
0: Thanks for listening. This program is the property of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, Inc. The show may be distributed only with written permission and then only in its entirety. If you have any questions or comments, contact Mike at Roth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400.